Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 19. Glory to you, O Lord. After he had said this, Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice from, for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is a glorious day, Palm Sunday. I mean, it's not glorious with the kind of glory that next week's Sunday, Easter Sunday, will be glorious with, but Palm Sunday's a glorious day, nevertheless, as our Lenten journey accompanies Jesus on his Lenten <laughs> journey as he enters Jerusalem, the city of God, where garments are spread out on the road in front of him in what was Jerusalem at that time's version of a rolled-out red carpet welcome. And palm branches are waving in the air in what was Jerusalem at that time's version of a, of a crowd on the curb as the presidential limousine went by waving their little American flags or their, or their campaign poster. And a verse from Psalm 18 is being shouted, Psalm 118 is being shouted into, by the crowds into the air, except they changed one verse in this psalm for this day, one word of one verse anyway, as instead of saying the psalm's exact verse, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, they this day shout, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, perhaps because he had purposefully and, and explicitly decided to ride into town this day on that never-before-ridden colt, which according to Jewish history was very similar to how other kings, Solomon for example, had entered Jerusalem in the past. Plus it was spot-on identical to how the prophet Zechariah had said that a king of the Jews one day would triumphantly and gloriously enter Jerusalem again. And then, too, in addition to that, the multitude sang and shouted that verse, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven, thus almost word for word, adding their songs and praises to the songs and praises of that multitude of an angel chorus, 
which 33 years earlier, and actually just six miles to the south of Jerusalem in Bethlehem, had proclaimed the birth of a king who would be the king, the Messiah king, who would save God's people not just for a time, but once and for all time. Yes, yes indeed, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna indeed, Palm Sunday was, Palm Sunday is, a gloriously glorious day. That said, Luther observed that faith and theology lose their way and lose sight of the deepest truths there are when they become what he called theologies of glory which look for God and promise God in people and in places which the world, valuing the things it values, regards as great and glorious. These days, a common version of that theology of glory type of thing is found in those purveyors of preaching that is commonly called prosperity gospel, that being the good news that if you really and truly believe in God, you will prosper financially just like they have. Send them money and they'll tell you more. <laughs> Send them more money and they'll tell you a lot more. <laughs> Jerusalem in our text for today's version of a theology of glory is seen in the time will soon tell fact that the gloriousness adoring crowds were praising Jesus for on this day was a gloriousness analogous to the world and its kinds of kings. They saw and praised him this day, in other words, but they didn't see, none of them saw, even those who were closest to him and who most <coughs> loved him, just apparently no matter how often they had been told ahead of time by him, nevertheless wouldn't, or maybe just plain couldn't see. That the glory he was entering the city glorious with was not the glory of a king who, with conquering armies and the blood of the vanquished on his hands, had his eyes now set on Caesar's throne. But a king who rather unimaginably and incomprehensibly glorious beyond the mere Caesars of this world and their ways, with mercy in his heart and redemption in his mind, and love enfleshed in all of his ways had his eyes set on a cross where the blood on his hands and head and feet and back and side would be his own. True theology, Luther said, true because it speaks the truth, is not a theology of glory, but a theology of the cross that being a theology, and a faith too, which knows because it knows Jesus, the one who became us to make God knowable by us, knows that God's ways are so beyond us that the fullness and wisdom of those ways will ever ultimately remain mysterious, not fully clear, hidden to the likes of us. For the ways and wisdom of the God we meet in Christ are again and again hidden beneath the very opposite 
of what we expect. Notice the opposite of what we expect, which by and large too, of course, is also the very opposite of what we want. Because why? Because a theology of the cross defines life in terms of giving rather than taking, self-sacrifice rather than self-protection, lifting others up rather than puffing up, and when it comes right down to it, dying rather than killing. And in so doing, it reorients us away from our natural inclination toward things glorious and a theology of glory by showing us that we win by losing. We triumph through defeat and we become rich by giving ourselves away. We've been worshiping this Lenten season with a liturgy that our gifted music director, Michael Zemek, compiled for us. And though the words theology of cross, the theology of the cross and theology of glory were never used in the music of that liturgy that we've sung, there is one piece in particular in that verse which stunningly and powerfully and beautifully is about that very thing. It occurred to me just the first time we sang it, if you want to know what Luther means by a theology of the cross as opposed to a theology of glory, sing this hymn. Let me remind you of its words. It's gloriously backwards words as measured by the ways and the wisdom and the vain gloriousness of this world. Before we sing it a little later for the last time this season. Holy God, holy and powerful, power without peer, you bend to us in weakness, emptied you draw near, and we behold your power. Holy God, holy and beautiful, beauty unsurpassed, you are despised, rejected, Scorned, you hold us fast, and we behold your beauty. Holy God, holy and only wise, wisdom of great price, you choose the way of folly, God the crucified, and we behold your wisdom. Holy God, holy and living one, life that never ends, you show your love by dying. Dying for your friends. And we behold you living. Holy God, holy and glorious, glory most sublime, you come as one among us into human time and we behold your glory. Note, note well we behold, O God, your glory. 
Oh yes, yes indeed, Hosanna indeed. This is a glorious day, this Palm Sunday. It is a gloriously glorious day, but make no mistake. The glory it is glorious with is not the glory of us and our ways, but the glory of God and God's ways. Ways which, thank God, are so unlike the ways of this world and us that the world this week, when it soon figures that out, will in no time at all switch from choruses singing and shouting Hosanna to, in the world's preferred key, sing with choruses shouting instead, crucify him. Crucify you, Jesus, for we'll be damned before we give up our glorious places as kings of our hills. He will too, of course, be damned, I mean, as he is in just five days, damned to that cross on that hill called Golgotha. And the world then, church and state, having defeated him by its own rules, will give up on him. Ah, 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 but holy Jesus won't give up on God's love for God's world. Which turns me to that glorious with God's kind of glory reading from Philippians today. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And glory be, my friends, that truly is and will be glorious.